welcome to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yonts, and this is episode 20. Now, we're going to talk about, well, a little bit about my life, maybe. Cinemas opening back up, the last episode of South Park, the debates, the president being sick, a little bit about SNL, and we'll end with a little wrestling talk. So, stay tuned. Okay, so things are going well in my life. I kind of teased you with that. Um, This is kind of part of my life, so let's talk about the cinema's opening. I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, and finally the cinemas are opening. Unfortunately, Regal may be going out of business. They seem to be closing up shop, which is very sad. Apparently, um, the new James Bond film, No Time to Die, has been delayed once again to April 2nd, 2021. So therefore, unfortunately, I think they're, they're upset. The thing I don't understand is they're putting it right up against Fast and the Furious 9. I don't think that's the type of films that want to be fighting each other. So I expected the date to change again. Also, uh, Black Widow is being delayed till May. So it'll be a whole year delay as well as with uh, Fast and the Furious. Um, the Chi one, the I'm not sure what, what the, uh, the name of the title is. That'll be the Marvel film after that. And after that, in November, we'll get Eternals. So it's going to be a whole year of not getting the Eternals, which upsets me because I haven't even gotten a trailer for Eternals. But that's where we're at. Unfortunately, this is upsetting. Because I really want to, I really want to see Black Widow, but I feel that's what they're going to do. But yeah, Regal possibly closing. I think this week my first movies I'm going to see are Tenant, the Christopher Nolan film, so I'll let you know what I think about that film next week. And uh, Akira is being re-released in theaters for a week, and I really want to see that, so I'm very excited about that. And a little disappointed that, fortunately, we're not going to have many uh, films. So, let me talk a little bit about some of the books I'm reading. I just finished a book called Hook Point by Brendan Kane and One Million Followers, also by Brendan Kane. And he is somebody who has worked with Taylor Swift and other media brands in helping them create their exposure. It's a really interesting book. I recommend you uh, check it out. Another book I'm uh, reading now, I haven't finished it yet, is How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital. That kind of sounds funny, huh? How to be a capitalist without any capital. That's like saying how to be a banker without any money. <laughs> so Nathan Latka, I believe I'm pronouncing that name, is the author of that. And it's a really interesting book. So I suggest you read or check it out. Let's move on. I'm going to talk a little bit about the South Park episode, the pandemic special. I thought this was a terrific episode, really true to form. They addressed 
the cop violence. They addressed COVID-19. They addressed the president. They addressed a lot of things. They addressed social distancing. I mean, it starts with uh, Randy finding out, you know, setting up that he is going to do a pandemic special because now he sells weed. And Cartman sings a song because he's so excited about social distancing that he um, has found a way to trick his class into thinking that there's a malfunction with his computer while he just goes and does whatever he wants. And he has a stick that says six feet, which is hilarious. Then as the episode goes on, they find out that they figured out where this disease came from and it did come from a bat. And then Randy Marsh has a flashback of him having sex with a bat. So realizing that if they find this bat, they'll find out that he caused the pandemic. So he calls Mickey Mouse, who he was with during this pandemic. I know this sounds kind of like all over the place, but yes, he was with Mickey Mouse at the time and he finds out about that. And then he finds out that it didn't come from a bat. It came from a pygmalion, some, some animal that I had no idea was an actual animal until I heard the name and had to look it up. So he has to try and capture that. So the whole episode is about Randy Marsh trying to make sure that his wife doesn't find out that he created COVID. And the kids now go back to school because they find out that the teachers have been replaced with the cops. So the cops are now doing that. And Cartman is being brought in and he's fighting them tooth and nail. And he starts coughing on Kyle and Kyle starts punching him. And the cops shoot the only black kid in South Park, Token like for no reason at all. And now they're held in um, captivity or, or a quarantine as it is. And the kids say, excuse me, uh, we're only, why are we here? You're the ones who shot uh, Token. And they said, oh yes, because of COVID. So it's almost like a prison world for these guys as the cops are treating, <laughs> treating the school like a prison. And Butters is going insane. A lot of things are going uh, Nuts. So they call um, Mr. Garrison, who in previous episode, previous seasons in the 2016 season morphed into Donald Trump. So he's their version of Donald Trump. And they ask him to get him out of, uh, get help them. And he says, well, I can't help you because I need COVID to happen because I promised the people I would get rid of all the Mexicans. And the kids are like, yeah, but it's killing more than just Mexicans. But he's like, but it's killing a lot of Mexicans. So they're all frustrated with that. And Stan's going into this like denial and doesn't know what to do. So they finally decide to break out and go to Build-A-Bear to help Butters there. And uh, they get him there and, and Randy Marsh finally comes to the, also, he, um, he comes up with the idea that he finds out that he has the cure to COVID. So he starts um, masturbating into all of the weed that he's selling. But unfortunately, the side effects are that they get a mustache. So Randy Marsh, and then they find out that it's not actually helping them. So Randy's all upset. And at the end, he's going to come clean. He says, here, here's the animal. Because he stole the Pygmalion or whatever it's called. Uh, and it's like, here, take take this. I, I, You'll find out what you need with this. And as soon as they give it to the cop, um, Mr. Garrison, a.k.a. Trump, burns it with a flamethrower. 
and then takes off. And then Randy's about to just tell his wife the truth, and he finds that his wife has basically been smoking marijuana the whole time. She has the mustache, and he's like, you know what, um, uh, I'll let you know about that later. So, really funny stuff. I'm not doing it justice. Go watch the episode. Really funny stuff. South Park is the only people that can be fair to both sides. They're so just good at talking about topical events. Um, so, I recommend you uh, check that out. So, we will continue next. As I find the thing. There. Okay, so I watched a couple of films. I watched the film uh, Do the Right Thing and the movie Splice. Splice is a um, science fiction slash thriller. I don't know what to actually classify it as. Maybe slash horror? Science fiction slash horror. They decide to splice things and they create uh, a person and it goes weird and... Uh, um, Adrian Brody does a really good job, and Sarah Pauly does a good job, and uh, basically it's kind of like, um, I don't know, what, what, what's the literary device that I'm looking for, and then, um, it's, it's almost like it's, um, they're, they're looking at what it's like to have a child, but instead using it as this clone thing. Uh, the last few minutes of it dissolve into um, anarchy and stuff, and it just becomes kind of a monster movie. But it, it it's inter it's shot well, and it's it's got a little lot of interesting things. There's a lot of things that the movie could have been more of. Um, some things I didn't think they explained well enough, but I get why Adrian Brody and um, did I say Adam Brody? Yeah, it's Adrian Brody. And uh, Sarah Pauly took it for because it, it really, you know, this kind of couple that are kind of trying to come to terms with having a child end up having a clone and end up kind of raising it like a child. And, you know, they kind of, is the word I'm looking for analogy? I, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for. But anyways, it's an, it's an interesting film. I don't have a lot to say about it. I liked it. I might see it again. Um, it's on uh, Netflix if you want to check it out. The film that I just finished watching was Do the Right Thing, and I've seen this film before, but uh, this is Spike Lee's um, magnum opus. This is a wonderful film. Up oh, there's that word again. I guess I can't go one f f podcast without mentioning the word wonderful. So, Do the Right Thing, and this film just, boy, just shoves you right in there with, um, I believe it's, um, what's her name? Um, I can't, Rosie Perez, Rosie Perez um, dancing to uh, Public Enemies, Fight the Power, and the way it's shot is so cool, and it's so boom, fight the powers that be, you know, that's my uh, bad impression of that. Um, it's an, it's, it's an interesting film that takes a look at race relations in a neighborhood in Brooklyn in 1989, like the hottest day of the summer. And it looks at it from uh, African-American ways. 
It looks at it from the Italian-American way. It looks at it from uh, the Dominican and the Puerto Rican way. You're, you're seeing all these sides. You're seeing it from the cops. You're seeing all, all these things. They're all kind of like about to clash. And uh, the film's called Do the Right Thing. The question I have for it is, did he do the right thing? And then I started thinking about it a little more, and I started to realize there really is no right thing. Do the Right Thing, in some ways, is, is an interesting title, but I, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I'm like, there really is no right thing. There's actions and there's ways to go about it. Now, at the end, uh, Mookie takes the uh, trash can and throws it in, and they burn Sal's place to the ground. Now, I'm not for property damage, and this is one of the things I look at, and I'm wondering, is this where we're different in the races? Do we see property in different ways? I don't know. It's a question I'm asking. It was a controversial film at the time, but I feel like it's a, it's a great film, and it tells it from such different sides, and neither one is considered right or wrong. It almost turns into like a documentary-type feel, because even as the place is burning down and they're trying, the police, the, the firemen are trying to put it out and they're trying to stop them. There's no like way of saying like this is right, this is wrong, and I like that that Spike Lee put that in there. So the question, do the right thing, from his point of view, maybe that was the right thing. I think the more important thing though is there really was no right thing. There's just options, and to him that was the best option. And it, it's it's so well made. There's just the angles, the way they they did it, the building up to everything. I can't believe that that guy that plays Buggy actually is going to end up being um, uh, Gus, Gus Fringe. That's who plays Gus Fringe. That's just hilarious. He's a wonderful actor. There's that word again. Huh? Yeah. That's two times I've said it. <laughs> two. Maybe we can keep a, a record of how many times I've said wonderful. Um, but do the right thing really, uh, really politically provocative film for its time. And it's still very provocative. And it ends with two quotes, one by MLK and one by Malcolm X. And you can look at both quotes and you can decide which way. Uh, to be honest with you, I lean towards MLK because I believe power is within. Force is not power. It's just forcing things through. I look at Gandhi as a person that was of power. But these are very, you know, these are sensitive subjects. But that's what I have to say about Do the Right Thing. Go see it. It is a wonderful film. Three times. Three times. Let's see if I can, see if I can say keep, keep it going. At one point I said it ten times in one interview. But uh, let's stop with that. I, I'm not going to say that word anymore. Let's just stop saying that word. Now I'm going to move on to a little bit of politics here. Actually, let's talk a little bit about, I just saw SNL. I thought uh, Alec Baldwin did a great job as Donald Trump. And, and um, Jim Carrey did a phenomenal job as Joe Biden. With, uh, you know, his kind of like, hey, you know, I'm going to straight shooter. He was a little bit of Clint Eastwood with a little bit of um, Fire Marshal Bill for you and Living Color fans. Um, it was funny. It was, it, was, it was good stuff. I enjoyed it. But the thing that most, I think, 
a lot of people are kind of um, torn between is the Chris Rock monologue. And he questioned government and politics in general. And some people are like, well, why did he say this? Why did he say that? And I think it was a good thing that he said because he brought up the idea of are we doing, is this the best we can do with government? Is this really the best? He said, we fought to get away from kings and queens, but we've created dukes and duchesses in some ways with our political system. And there's some truth to that. And I thought that was a ballsy move for him to go out there and say that in front of the people. You know, he didn't pick one side or the other. He said, you know, I don't think we're doing enough as government to take care of people. And I thought that was... That was that's an important moment. I mean, it's easier said than done, but it's something that we should look towards. How can we make this better? How can we make this more democratic? We elect people to vote for us. There is some, there's a little ridiculousness to that. So I applaud him for for mentioning that. So let's move on. To the debates. <laughs> um, this was frustrating. This was very frustrating to watch. There needs to be some kind of penalty for talking out. I don't know if, like, if you talk out, your time gets deducted, or you talk out and they add time to somebody else. Something has to happen. We can't have that kind of debate. We didn't learn anything. It can't be a food fight for all. Some people are like, yeah, you hit them with zingers and hit them with that. and It should be fighting and this. It's like, no, it should be a discussion of policy and ideas. And more people think that we should just, you know, continue the idea of just cr crushing the other opponent or making it so the other opponent can't make an appoint. And it's, it's frustrating to me because... There are a lot of people in America who tune into this debate not to see the food fight, but to see a civil discourse of ideas. Civil civility. Civility is something that needs to be protected. And I feel like that's something we're losing more and more of, is civility. One side says, yeah, hell with you. And then the other says, no, I'm not taking it. These things can't. This is not going to lead to healing the divide. So um, I thought some, some moments were good. I mean, when, when Trump, you know, attacked him and said, you just lost the left, that was kind of funny. It was a nice little zinger there. And then when uh, Biden turned to the camera and looked at the, the American people and talked to them, I thought those, those were great moments. But it can't be this interruption thing. We can't have that. We cannot have that. We saw a little bit of it in the Hillary Clinton debate. I didn't like that either. That's not what, that's not what politics should be. And that's what I have to say about the debates. Now moving on to the pressing image. <sighs> Coronavirus has hit our President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, and his wife, and Chris Christie. And... Kellyanne Conway and Tom Tillis and the list goes on and on this is not good 
And most of this all happened because Hope Hicks had this. And they, from various points, some people say they knew about it. Some people say they didn't know about it. The point is they weren't wearing their masks and they were able to spread this. This is not good. We need to wear the masks. This should not be a partisan issue. This should be something we can all agree on. This should not be a Democratic thing. This should not be a Republican thing. This should be a thing where we agree with and say that this is how we can protect ourselves. And people that want to say that it's a hoax or that it's not real, I'm like, look at that. That shows you how dangerous this is. Look at the football teams that had to, look at the Patriots. They had to cancel the game and push it to Monday. These are not normal things. These are, th these are signs that we need to protect ourselves as best we can. I'm not saying we walk around with a mask. I go to the gym. I put on a mask when I go to a certain station. Then I take it off because i got to work out. There's no way you can, I can work out the way I do with a mask on. And then I put it on and I go to the next station. But you know, one of the things that I do do, I clean my station up. I take the little bottles that they give us and I clean it. It's about respect and we need to respect each other. And the best thing we can do is wear the mask. And when people are saying we shouldn't wear the mask, and that's something I disagree with the president on. He had a chance to, he had a chance to agree with masks and he didn't. And I, those are his words, not mine. And that's unfortunate. And it's unfortunate that he has this. And the more and more I hear about this, it's like he may be better now, but we don't know the true facts till the ninth day. This can go all the way to the ninth day. This is a scary world we're living in, and we need to protect ourselves and wear the masks and do what we can. And that's something we can do. And that should not be a bipartisan issue. So I wish the president a speedy recovery. I wish all the Republicans and anyone that has this a speedy recovery. But take care of yourself. That's all I have to say on this issue. I'm going to move on to the next segment, which will be about professional wrestling. So if you'd like to click off, now is your time to do so. Okay, let's talk about professional wrestling. We're going to start off with the new thing that just came out, um, I believe Wednesday, that the edict that Twitch and third-party things will be turned over to WWE, and if the profits that they make of it will count on against their downside guarantee. So they're taking this from their paycheck. This is wrong. And I hope somebody like Paige fights this. She's no longer an active wrestler. She has built her audience. She does not need to pay WWE for her audience that she cultivated. And if she changes her name, which she did, to Sarara, Sarara, I think is her real name, then that should be her prerogative to do what she wants to do. This idea that WWE owns your real name is ridiculous. And this is something that um, Andrew Yang has actually attacked and said that, you know, this is something we're going to look at, this independent contractor thing. Because if you're telling people to do that thing, this and that, they are no longer independent contractors. They are employees. If you want to treat them like employees, then you need to pay them like employees. 
and they want to have their cake and eat it too and this is unfortunate and I hope the guys fight this and do not stand for this because they they have no right to take that from them none and I I I side with the wrestlers on this and I hope they fight it because their Twitch account their YouTube account their cameo cameo accounts all these accounts, their Instagram accounts, energy drinks, endorsements, they came up with it. This world where UFC's tried to do this too and take away their endorsements, this should not stand. This should not stand. Because if you're going to call them independent contractors, then, you need, then, they, then they have those rights. If you want to call them employees, then you need to give them employee benefits and rights. And this is the thing that they're doing, and it's carny. It's carnival barker aspects, it's sideshow stuff, and it's, this is Bush League stuff, and it's, it's lame. And I don't agree with it, and it upsets me, and I hope Paige and a lot of these guys fight it. AEW's not doing this, this is WWE, and they deserve all of the criticism they are about to get. So, let's move on. Let's talk about the G1. G1 was great this week. I'm going to talk about some of the matches that I watched. I watched Naito defeat um, Hiroki Goto. This was a good match. I liked it. I mean, it's it's your typical Naito Gaito, uh, Goto match. Sorry, Naito Gaito. <laughs> Naito Goto match. Um, Naito won with the Destino. Good stuff. Liked it. Liked it. Liked it a lot. Um, Ibushi Kota Ibushi defeated uh, Jeff Cobb. That was another good match. I like that. Nothing spectacular. The match that I'm going to get to that really I liked a lot is Will Ospreay versus Jay White. This was stupendous. This was awesome stuff. Uh, really good stuff. Um, Will Ospreay defeats Jay White with the, um, yeah, with the Stormbreaker. Yeah, I believe he defeated him with the Stormbreaker. But he has one of the best moments in it. At one point... <laughs> Jay White tries to slap Will Ospreay and Ospreay laughs and has this look on his face like, are you serious? Is that what you're going to do? This was good. <laughs> and Will Ospreay is the first man to defeat Jay White in the G1, or as he wants to call it, the J1. So I, I was really, I'm, I'm really impressed with this. I, I think they did a good job uh, highlighting Ospreay. Osprey is so good. Jay White is so good. I still think Jay White is going to be the guy to win this thing. But who knows? Um, Tanahashi, he continues to just look like he aged six years. It, it's amazing. I, I am so amazed with him. I, hats off to him. He defeated Yoshihashi. Great match. It was a good match. High, five, high fly flow. Um, Shingo versus Ishii. Ishii wins with the vertical suplex. These guys beat the crap out of each other. It wasn't my favorite. My favorite was the Will Ospreay versus Jay White. But this was good. This was a close second. Um, Sonata defeats Naito. He's the first man to defeat Naito in the G1. Good match. Good match. Sonata, Sonata's one of those guys. They, they can always elevate him. Um, yeah. I'm really happy with the G1 so far. Um, uh, Okada won uh, his match. But the matches that I would say you need to watch were those five matches that I mentioned. The top, in my 
opinion was Jay White versus Will Ospreay, then watch Shingo versus Ishii, then watch, um, then I would watch probably Naito uh, Goto, or no, 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 watch Sonata Naito, then Tanahashi, Yoshihashi, then Naito Goto. Those are the five that I would pick for uh, the G1, so go watch those. Uh, Raw was awful. I could care less about anything they're doing. They did something where um, Randy Orton attacked Ric Flair, Christian, and Big Show, and HBK were playing cards backstage, and he turned off the light and apparently hit them all with chairs, and they were left laying. <laughs> it was stupid. I, I don't like it at all. I hated it. <laughs> I really don't want to talk about Raw. It, it's just awful. Watch the G1. <laughs> um, SmackDown was good. I like SmackDown. Um, they started the show with um, Roman Reigns giving a, you know, a plea to, you know, to um, Jey Uso, saying, "Listen, I didn't. I'm not proud of what I did. You think I'm happy with what I did? I had did what I had to do, but I didn't want to do what I had to do." And he comes off like such of like a character of stature. His, wor his words have weight to them. And he said, look, you want another match to hell and say, you got it. And these are going to be, you know, but the, the consequences are going to be different this time. These are going to be high stakes. And when he said that, if anybody else said that, I wouldn't believe him. But with him, I'm starting to believe him. He said, he, he told Paul him, he said, don't call me the tribal chief. Until he calls me that, I don't want to be called that. He's completely reinvented himself, and he's doing something completely new. The only thing I can compare it to is Bret Hart in 1997. It's, it's new. It's, everybody else comes off like a cartoon character. He's speaking like this, like, this feels like a character in a film, not a character in, in wrestling. He just comes off, he has this stature to him, this... this confidence that comes off to, he may be a better actor than Rock the more and more I look at it he comes off like such a just somebody who commands your attention and I, I just I love this Roman Reigns whatever he's doing continue doing it because it works it works and then right after that AJ Styles came out and it was like a cartoon character like it's two different characters we need to get away from that Roman Reigns is just talking. He's not he's trying to insult the audience. He's just doing it in a way that the audience doesn't like. And that's a real heel. Because he's he's not he he's got motive. His character is deeply layered. I can't say enough good things about it. I I, I just love Roman Reigns and everything he's doing. And Jay Uso defeated AJ Styles, so he's moving up. He's elevating Jay Uso with what he's doing. Um Sami Zayn defeated um, Jeff Hardy. It's a good match. But Roman Reigns is the show. And uh, Alexa Bliss seems to be smitten with uh, The Fiend. And I think The Fiend is probably going to be the guy that's going to face uh, Roman Reigns, or it's going to be Goldberg. One of the two, but um, man. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff Roman Reigns is doing. Really powerful stuff. So let's talk a little bit about AEW. I've got a little uh, stuff here. Uh, Cody cut a promo. I didn't really like this promo. I, I thought it was a little too stagey for my for my uh, taste. Um, 
the um, let's see the ending was um, yeah it ended with um, Eddie Kingston choosing the butcher to face um, John Moxley John Moxley defeats him good stuff paradigm shift um, yeah Good stuff. I, I liked AEW. This wasn't my favorite. It wasn't as good as last week, but um, it was good. Uh, MJF may be joining uh, Chris Jericho's team. I, I don't know if they're going to do that. They seem like they, they're they teasing it. Um, those are the only things that really uh, stood out to me. And they're going to have a, a tournament to decide uh, the uh, who's the number one contender, and that's going to conclude at full gear so probably in January or February which will be a whole year after uh, we'll face um, we'll face uh, John Moxley I think it's going to be Kenny Omega I think this is the return of the Kenny Omega we all love and I think he's going to do it as a heel and I think it's going to be good stuff it will be no pun intended glorious oh yeah Bobby Roode returned and uh, lost to uh Drew McIntyre, that's in WWE Raw. Um, good stuff, though. Um, I'm excited. Uh, not my favorite show of all, but stuff. Now let's talk about the show that happened uh, tonight. We had NXT TakeOver 31, and we unveiled the new Capital Wrestling Center, which is what they're going to call the um, Performance Center. And it looks like the Thunderdome, except it's square, and they got all the screens around it, but they got cages and everything. It looks really gritty and cool. <laughs> I really liked it. I thought it was much better than um, the Thunderdome. It's more my style. So I like that. They started the show with uh, Damian Priest defeating Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American title. Good match. Kushida defeated Velveteen Dream by submission. Kushida's got like a whole new character to him. I liked it. Um, Santos Escobar defeated Isaiah Scott for the, uh, well, he retains his NXT uh, Cruiserweight Champion. Io Shirai defeated Candice LeRae to retain her NXT Women's Championship. Really, Io Shirai is like the best performer, women's, one of the best performers. She's so good. That was such a good match. And Candice LeRae held up her part of the bargain. And she finished with the... Um, with the Spanish fly and then landed a moonsault for the win. Good. I, I think it was the night match of the night. Um, Tony Storm appeared on the monitors and says she is back and she's in NXT. So that is good because she's an awesome worker and she should have been on TV a long time ago. So she's now on NXT. Um, Ember Moon showed up and uh, Mad Max Fury stuff and she's the person that... Uh, the surprise person and uh, I don't know I don't really care because Ember Moon doesn't really do anything for me she kind of was destroyed by the way Vince booked her in on Raw and Smackdown so maybe they can do something good with it and then Finn Balor faced Kyle O'Reilly Finn Balor defeated Kyle O'Reilly with um, the coup de gras um, I thought this was I, I would have had Kyle O'Reilly defeat um, Finn Balor. I don't think Finn Balor needs the belt. 
maybe make his reign a little shorter, but have Kyle O'Reilly defeat him and uh, have him be the little, the little splinter in this, the breaking up Undisputed. And they did. They ended the show with... Um, I forget who that, I forget who the guy was. Um, uh, uh, Ridge Holland appeared in the crowd with Adam Cole, and he threw his lifeless body out there. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's all staged. I think he's going to end up being the fourth guy, and he's, they're going to turn on O'Reilly, and it's going to be a feud between Adam Cole and uh, Kyle O'Reilly. I think he's going to become a face. This kind of had shades of um, Orton, when uh, Orton be, uh, kind of bro- broke away from uh, Evolution, because they had Finn Balor shake uh, shake Kyle O'Reilly's hand, it was a really good match. I I liked it. Um, not as much as I liked the um, as I liked the the women's match. Well, actually, no, it was really good too. It's just uh, I don't know. I don't like the booking of it. I I think they could do a better job booking it. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to lead to the breakup of Undisputed. So that's what happened in the world of professional wrestling. Let's see how long I've talked for. We have 15 minutes here on this. I could go into detail, but this is going to become an hour. I think I'm going to have to start splitting this up into two things. We're going to have to have a wrestling show and then everything else because the wrestling is taking a long time and I can't really go into detail with anything. Um, but yeah, this was a... It was, it was good. I liked it. Good two and a half hours. So if you out of if you have a chance, go out of your way to see uh, Takeover Thirty One. So that's about all I have today to talk about on this show. And uh, I would like to say thank you for watching. As always, you can reach me at my handle, Justin Yance, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Everything, I pretty much used that name. Or uh, the DMF, you can use that. So I want to say thank you for watching. Actually, listening. Sorry, listening. And I will see you next time on the DMF.